Looking to give back this holiday season? Donate to the Army Historical Foundation. For 40 years, the Army Historical Foundation has ensured our nation never forgets the sacrifices of those who serve. As the Army's nonprofit partner, the Foundation constructed the National Museum of the United States Army. The Foundation's work also extends beyond the museum's walls, restoring artifacts, touring historic battlefields, and remembering all we owe to America's Army veterans. Donate today at ArmyHistory.org. Right now at Safeway, get your skin winter ready with big savings on all your favorite skincare products. Shop for deals on items like Gillette Mach 3 razors, Gillette Labs razors and blades, Venus razors and blades, and native shampoo, conditioner, and body wash. Plus, shop the buy two, get one free baking event and save on items like selected varieties of handy foil and good cook pans. Offer expires December 26th. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for full offer details. The best and the worst on the box. It's the Custard TV Podcast. There may be no telly, but that won't stop us talking. It's the Custard TV Podcast. Hello, I'm a slightly tanned uh, Luke, editor and runner of the CustardTV.com and the podcast. I am, if you may have seen on Twitter, I am off to the swimming pool tomorrow. So... Are you on holiday or are you, are you still at home or...? No, I'm at home, but I'm going to a local bar. Well, no, a local spa, actually. Well, like a spa where you get, like, um, pedicures and and stuff. No, it's one of those Turkish bars. Or, or like, a corner (laughs) shop. This was all so I could say I was going to hope I was bumping to Ian Beale and Danny Dyer, but that's kind of been overshadowed now. Let's move on. Um, Joining me from his garden... Good evening. Oh, sorry. Wow, wow. That was professional. You host yes, a I... garden party. I am. Like... Well, it's, it's a very lonely garden <laughs> party. It's just me. I can see my neighbours uh, over. Mrs. McNamara? No, no, no. The ones between me and Mrs. McNamara. Uh, I can see Mrs. McNamara. Well, why don't you shout over the fence garden. and go, how's Mrs. McNamara? I can't. I could actually do that later if you want. I can't see her in her garden, but I could. Yeah, I, could but do if you could, I don't if know if the internet would go that far. They could go... I don't think they get on with her. Oh. No. I don't know. She's never mentioned them before. This is so. McMara dispute. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to bring this into the, the, the good, public domain. Good. Are you or are you not holding canopies? I, I have a canopy. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have, I have, a, I have a drink in my hand uh, and, and that's about what it. Is it? Uh, so is it a some, just, No, just some, some orange shop oh. brand. Uh, they told me it was better. They lied. Uh, but, it was, but it was cheaper <laughs> and I got some nectar points. Oh, sorry. Other points are available. We're not on the BBC, um, as we keep saying. Oh, that's true, yeah. <laughs> also joining us is Matt as well in the north. Hello. And in his... I've also, Where are you? I've also got a drink you... in my hand, but obviously it's what tea. Is it? Ah. Okay, so if you've never heard the podcast before, well done. this isn't going to be a great example of it because oh. we're not going to follow the normal rules. Te- tearing up that format sheet. Okay, so this is the Custom TV Podcast. Uh, there is not a great deal of new TV on or things we're excited about, but there has been a football tournament, which, as I uh, cleverly quipped on Twitter, we have no word yet on whether ITV or BBC One are going to recommission the World Cup. Oh, wait, you, hold on, hold on. You didn't watch all the way to the credits on the final then, did you? No, because well, well, at the end the it said World the World Cup, Cup will return. return. And was there a bonus scene online as well? Yeah, that's right, a bonus scene <laughs> yeah. online, and uh, you, you'll be able to have an interview with the uh, the writer of the World Cup. And then is there an American remake as well? There is, it's well, called American Football. <laughs> yeah, and they're going oh, to re-show the entire World Cup on ITV Encore. Yes. Over three nights. 
Did you see the ratings between the, the final, which was the only match this year that both ITV and BBC showed together because of England's... Now, why was that? Well, normally, you see, when you get to the quarterfinals, both channels choose to show the England games together. So there's normally a head-to-head much earlier. But because England decided this World Cup wasn't for them yeah. um, and, and decided to come back early for their holidays... Um, the final was the first game shown simultaneously, and the BBC whipped that ITV ass. Well, from the sort of Twitter comments I was reading, it seems like BBC had the sort of superior punditry. I see. BBC had punditry had, had, is had... a great word, isn't it? Punditry. <laughs> it's the name of my next album. Uh, <laughs> punditry. Uh, they had the the last ever uh, commentary match or the last ever punditry by Alan Hansen, Alan Shearer. Gary Lineker and um, Rio Ferdinand. ITV had um, and ITV had Adrian Giles, which is an automatic turnoff for just Adrian Giles. Anyone. Wasn't uh, Ronaldinho? I saw him or one of them. There was Janino. Janino, that's it. Giannino. Working for BBC, I think. I, I used to like her when he said this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... I went off when she went into the jungle, person. <laughs> She'll be in Celebrity Big Brother later this year. So, what have we been watching while the World Cup was on? Gary, you've seen a lot of the football. Well, that's um, the thing. You see, obviously, as a fan of the football, I did actually. But I have watched some other stuff as well, which we can Well, I would about. like to say that I that your poo-pooing of, of Colombia doing well was quite... Uh, yeah, the quarterfinals, I didn't do too badly did in the work pool. Did you have a work pool? Yeah, I ran it, and I got Mexico, which means I I, I departed at the, the 16th stage. So no no one on earth. <laughs> and and Luke, that. were you in a in a pool? Are you going in a pool tomorrow? Tomorrow I am. But it's not good. It's not good when we all make so, the same joke. Really. So Gary, so you've been watching the football. Did he? Have you even found it draining to not have any TV? Yeah, because the, what they're wasn't was the was sometimes was a nice alternative there wasn't something to look i mean the only other thing that i watched was the tennis which you know is still sport so <laughs> you're all about the balls i am different shapes but uh, i'm there um <laughs> one slightly yellow as well which is worrying but i get cream for that save it for uh, yeah so it's series two uh well, series two sex boxier uh, <laughs> um more sex less box Indeed, yes. <laughs> I'm looking for the split show where the box goes off on its own. Um, <laughs> that's that, called the cue. That's called the kill, dear me. <laughs> just realised that this might be slightly choice for outside. Um, just that my other neighbours aren't around. They might be thinking, <laughs> I love that hell's phrase, slightly choice. Slightly choice. <laughs> it's a, it was the, uh, the surprise name for BBC Three. You know, it was called BBC Choice before. <laughs> the after hours bit was called choice. Slightly Choice. <laughs> Yeah, they, they, I think what there should have been, somebody should have provided a really good alternative. Uh, but the problem was the games were at weird times. They were at five o'clock and eight o'clock. And then in, in the early stages also at 11. So there wasn't really any time. Morning. Well, that's right. Well, there was only a few of them. So there wasn't really a chance for the other sides to really put anything on. The winners of this might be uh, Channel 4 mm. because at least they are sticking to their schedule. Utopia, I, the male... The alternatives are Netflix and, and Amazon and the, and, the, and the iPlayer and things like that. I think that's where a lot of people have been heading that's during That's where the... it's at. Yeah, have you been turning to Amazon more, Matt? Or have you still found stuff to No, watch? I mean, I've, I've watched a few bits and bobs here and there on the old preview sites. And um, I've been watching sort of DVDs and stuff mainly because there's hardly been anything on, has there? I decided to use this uh, wasteland of TV, this desert of TV, 
to just catch up on some things that I'd been perhaps too dismissive of. I watched the uh, first and nearly all of the second series of Homeland and absolutely loved it. Oh, really? It. Oh, good. Absolutely I, I wasn't... A f- I say. sort of halfway through the second series, I lost sort of hope with yeah. it, really. Uh, I, I, there wasn't I kept going to the end of series the two, so... It's the first American drama I've ever liked. Ever. Really? Yeah, ever. Wow. Was it the acting or the script or a combination? What really it, made you go, wow, I need to keep watching? I think it was the continual twist. Damien Lewis, yeah. you don't you know, you don't really know what his motives are. I found uh, Claire Danes, aka Kerry Matheson, a little bit slap worthy yeah. in places. But I th- I think what I think it's very felt very English to me in the sense of a lot of things that turn me off American drama, the over-the-top music and the dialogue that doesn't sound like people speak, it didn't have that. It was very, mm. you know, I, I just thought it was very well done and I, felt, I I surprised myself by enjoying it. I've got one more episode of Series 2 to watch. Series 3, I know a lot of people said, oh no, that was a waste of time. So I've, I've got lower expectations of it. But I, I did really enjoy it. It's the first US drama I've ever liked and been truly intrigued by. And I probably wouldn't have seen had the World Cup not been on. So what you're saying is <laughs> the World Cup's a good thing. And according to uh, some, some news that Gary's written about the upcoming um, the Emmy nominations, Maggie Smith is in the new series of Homeland. Which I didn't know. <laughs> is that what I wrote? <laughs> Homeland. Yeah. Downton Abbey. <laughs> Oh yeah! No, I didn't know. <laughs> you didn't spot her in series. You had She's in the CIA. In... <laughs> she was in series three, Luke. That's why you don't know about oh, it. I haven't seen it yet. I wouldn't have seen that. I would have not seen it. And whether I'll bother with series four, I don't know because again, it's going to reboot the whole thing, and I don't know. But I'm you two are both don't watch it anymore, which is a shame. No, I, wa- I, I, I watched till the end of series three. I watched. Every- Oh, yeah. and, I have, and I have Series 3 uh, recorded, so I can go back and watch it. Um, I think, okay. like you, I've just been waiting for the right opportunity. I mean, I, I mean, Series 1 to me was glorious. It was, it was great television. And I think the problem that they did with Series 2 was they, they just decided to do more of the same. And as you say, some of the thing that made Series 1 so good was all the twists. So therefore, you couldn't keep doing that forever. Um, they needed to settle at some point. Oh, there's a cat. <laughs> is that a, another series three? No, no. It's, it, the thing, things that you notice when you're doing shows outside, there's a cat just coming by. Around. It's not. It's not my cat. I don't know. I surprised myself because I became one of these people I bemoan who just sit there and watch one after another after another. And uh, I, it's actually one of those things that I don't want it to finish because I don't have anything at the moment to take its place. Um, I also tried Breaking Bad, which I probably wouldn't be sticking with had people not told me how fantastic it is, although I don't know whether I feel any real emotion toward it yet. Uh, Six Feet Under, an HBO series that Matt recommended that I watched the pilot of and really oh, enjoyed did you? Oh, I'm glad. stick with. Um, so yeah, there's a, few thing, there's a few things I've watched there. In fairness to the sport, had it not been on, I wouldn't have had the time for or, or the inclination to watch. What's that noise? What's going on with Gary? Is just, there I've a got... badger in your garden? I've had to come inside because of the cat. <laughs> yeah. Why? 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 Does it own the it's garden? over. I'm allergic to cats. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've just... With me. I've just got to go dark for a minute. <laughs> going dark. I tried to uh, watch 24. Mm. 
You, uh, you were watching again, people... some of it, weren't you? Well, yeah, but I think because I was watching 24 and then for some reason watched Homeland, watching 24 mm. again seems a little bit... The first series oh, of 24 now does seem very dated with the technology and I everything. The palm pilot. At the, at, you know, when it was first, 2002 yeah. it was first aired, and at the time that yeah. was sort of cutting-edge technology, but, you, you know, we're 12 years on now. I mean, I, I, I am watching the current series of 24 sort of sporadically. Yeah. I think I'm on episode 8 at the moment. And it's yeah. all right, but it's sort of... Yeah. It's, it's very much, uh, you know, a shadow of its form, almost like a pastiche of its former yeah. self. Although it has got some uh, notable sort of blink-and-you-miss-it performances by some of our sort of fam- favourite actors. Shelley Conn, your friend, was in an episode. Oh, I like Miranda that. Raison was in an episode. And uh, Stephen Fry is 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 the British Prime Minister in it, which is an interesting. The statesman is Yeah. Um, but I wanted to Sorry, say... did I just hear you say that Stephen Fry is the British Prime Minister? I'd actually vote for that. <laughs> in in the new series of Twenty Four. Ah. But but what I also found about Twenty Four is it does that thing that I don't like. It's got the very dramatic music. Yeah, but it is an over. It's like a thrill. It's like a movie thriller, but it on TV. That's yeah, not it. it. it Beep bop. Bop. What's that? No, it's that's right. the bit where they do it. That's Beep. the clangers. <laughs> Other famous noises <laughs> from right. from television coming up later. Um, Matt, what have you? What sort of things have you chosen to watch? Um, well, uh, as it's or? on here, Celebrity MasterChef, I think, has been sort of on during the World Cup, the sort of constant that the BBC has been airing and it comes to an end this week. Uh, Gary, you'll probably have been watching this as well, won't you? Oh, gave I, I gave up on Celebrity MasterChef. Um, I think, I don't know, I don't know what it was. Um, I think just because... <laughs> I'm too, many, say that. too many camp people this year. Russell mm, Brand, yeah, Christopher Biggins and Wayne Sleep. It's a bit... Yeah, to be fair, there was the, there was the full the full British camp brigade. Um, I think the other thing that probably made me go off it was I, I, I had what just finished watching a whole series of MasterChef. I don't but, know what no, it was. I mean, I mean, I think the thing with MasterChef is it's something that you don't have to really pay that much attention to. Um, but it's it's fun, and, and now you're getting down to the final four or so. You can see who's sort of in the front running. I'd say either Sophie Thompson or um, Jodie Kidd are going to win it. I was just going to say, I might watch the final or something mm. like that. Just because... Well, it's on this week, the finals, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I might watch the I mean, shall I talk about some of the dramas that have been on over the few, past few weeks as well? I think we'll give honourable mention to uh, Jimmy McGovern's comment, mm. which was on, on Sunday, uh, a couple of Sundays ago. You can listen or read my review, but, whichever you prefer yeah. to do. And a very uh, good yeah, interview with, yes, with Jimmy McGovern, I would, I would At some point, was I fawning over him as much? No, no, no. It, okay. it, it sounded very professional, which is un- unusual for you. Um, I know that's but, the bit. That threw yeah, people. but I, I, I think there were some great little lines that he, you know, that he said about writing. I think anyone who maybe wants to pursue TV writing should ha- really listen to it because there's some mm. excellent things. I mean, on Common, I, I really enjoyed the performances. Uh, Nico and the two mums played by Jodie May and Susan Lynch. And I think one of the things I liked about it was it was 90 minutes, but at the same time I was completely gripped. I was never, you know, taken out of it. As Luke said, your your thing is always looking at your watch, isn't it? Or looking at the clock. 
Or, yeah. yeah, and or I just being otherwise, otherwise engaged. engaged yeah, and I never found that. But at the same time, and I know he mentioned this in in your interview, was the fact that the joint enterprise is that the was that the term? That's yeah, right. but sort yeah, of hammered home in certain scenes and almost sort of mm. became, you know, as he mentioned that scene with the woman out of Game of Thrones coming around and going. Mm. Have you looked up joint Look it up Yeah, Look it up. And I mean, yeah. that was the most, you know, the blatant one. There was another a bit earlier with Robert Pugh. But generally, very well told drama, very well, you know, performed. And I thought, yeah, it's it's sort of not one of McGovern's best. No. But at the same time, it was extremely watchable. I'd like, well, I'd like to say this exactly as something different, but I feel exactly the same way with as you. It, was, it wasn't it was him at his best, but it, even Jimmy McGovern at his best, not at his best, still better than most. It, um, it was certainly watchable. It was certainly a good drama to have on during the summer. I think if this had been on later in the year, we all probably would have been a bit more disappointed with it because, as you say, it probably wasn't up there with some of his better stuff. It felt to me like, what was the series he did a while ago where there were different stories? Accused? The, the yeah, accused. accused. It felt to me like a, an accused story that didn't make the cut. Like, this would have been another episode I, of I Fused, agree to an extent, but... But, but then he I, decided it wasn't as good. I think the one thing that stopped it from being accused, and again, Luke brought this up in his interview, was the fact that the sort of defendant that we follow, uh, John yeah. Joe, is very much the sort of almost back... Well, you know, backseat driver to sort of pardon the pun in a way. He's sort of... Yeah. You know, it's all about everyone else's viewpoints, and he's sort of almost like a... Uh, uns- unsuspecting pawn who actually hasn't done anything wrong, and and you know I don't think he would have been yeah. a character that you could have followed in an accused because he, you know, his journey was very very different to sort of how you know the other accused mm. characters uh, were presented. I I just felt and, and as well I'd, I'd probably just say scheduling wise Sunday night. Again, I know it was probably because there wasn't a World Cup game on BBC that night, but I, I didn't really felt they, they gave it the proper airing that they should have done. But I, I still think, as you say, and anything Jeremy McGovern does, I'm going to watch. Mm. It, whether this is his best work, in fact, I do, it wasn't. Um, uh, honourable, honourable woman. woman. Given an honourable mention. Uh, to yes, is, yeah, I have you watched this, Gary? I watched the first episode. Yeah, I haven't watched the first episode. I have, I I have think, got it. I think on this I might do, as as Luke has been doing, a sort of, you know, several episodes at a time. Because I found yeah. that with this with the shadow line as well, I did that. And I think that made it sort of more enjoyable. I think it, uh, basically Hugo Blick, who wrote both, I think it's his dramas are better sort of digested in that way. Uh, yeah. But I really did enjoy the first episode of this. Uh, it was Maggie Gyllenhaal doing an excellent English accent. As, Amazing. Uh, yeah. I, I had... Stein, I think the character was called. It certainly is Rayleigh. I'll give you that. Uh, yes. And, yeah. and uh, basically, at the start, she becomes a a, a, a baroness, a lady, something like a, that. A la- well, yeah, she's in the House of Lords. So House of I, assume, Lords. I assume baroness. You've lost all your confidence. I have. I, I think baroness. Well, some of it I know, but some of it, you know, it's t- <laughs> at least sure two weeks ago since I've watched this. I've watched other things okay. since then. Um and it was all sort of based around uh, the Israeli-Palestine conflict and her sort of um, trying to... 
what's the best way to put this? She, she's trying to build. Well, she's build trying to bridges. sort of like become an ambassador, isn't she? In, yeah. In, in there by by setting up an internet company for people in Israel using a Palestinian provider. Mm. So, uh, in other words, not necessarily very so, similar to what I was gonna do before. Yeah. I decided. Well, to and then that became Plusnet, and you shouldn't really have handed around that bit of paper at that <laughs> television show, should you? So, it's your own. Sorry. It's your own. It's your own fault. Yeah. Um, you live and learn. You live and learn. Um, I, I, she. She's obviously trying to use the death of her father, who was good for a political reason, to mm. try and do some good. So the foundation I, that she and her brother have started. Mm. Is I love that to opening scene as well with the death of the father. I thought that oh, was yeah. absolutely brilliantly executed. Nobody uh, does the fun again. Scenes, um, like, <laughs> puns all over uh, the place. Yeah, but I, I, I really like the sort of thriller aspect of it and the fact that there's a lot of sort of backstory to explore with her. And the woman who's now her brother. I'm done letting ADHD call the shots. And with Done, you can be too. Done is an online ADHD care platform and can get you all the resources you need to help manage your ADHD. Contact an expert team that can help you round the clock and get a personalized treatment plan just for you. Visit donefirst.com to learn more. Now, for a limited time, you can get 50% off your initial appointment, a special holiday deal, all that and more on donefirst.com. Done. Turn ADHD. ADHD into your strength. There's Nanny and obviously the the woman's son who was who was uh, taken at the end of that first episode again a brilliant scene. Underst- yeah, I didn't understand why her brother needs a nanny because he's fully grown. Ploys the man. <laughs> so yeah, no, that was one of Luke's horrible jokes. Yeah, I, yeah. I did comedy. The, I did the, the one thing I would have liked to have seen more of was Catherine Parkinson who who had very little to do yeah, in this never. first episode. Yeah, we never was... get to see that. And also, no, really, and also, Stephen Rear, who I thought was excellent in this first episode, and of course had a very uh, memorable role in the Shadow Line as well. Yeah, um, but certainly one I'm going to stick with, uh, Luke. Definitely. Well, I not to hark back to what I said, but I think watching all these shows I've never seen before has, has taught me something about what I like, what I kind of a TV viewer I am, what I like in something. And I, di- I think it's important for me to enjoy something if I can engage with the characters and, uh, and you know, get yeah. into their world. And with this, I just, I couldn't... Oh, really? I couldn't engage, I didn't feel connected to them in any way. Okay. It was like they were... It was like they were miles away, and I was just looking I, I, in I have them. to I admit, you didn't immersed. get to know any character. You didn't get to know as much about say. them apart from her. <laughs> no, no, you didn't. Sorry, no, I, th- I think apart from her, there was no way to get to know any character. No, no. Um, no and in I fact, agree. Even, she, even she was done in a very strange way. I mean, the yeah. most you saw her was when she went to the restaurant to see her friend and started crying. She opened up all of a sudden. I think you saw the human side of her. I think that's the way Hugo Blick writes, though. He doesn't yeah. reveal his hand straight away, and if you want that sort of... Um, instant um, satisfaction sort of thing, you're not going to get it from a drama like that. He's going to, mm-hmm. you know, wait a few episodes to He's gonna you know, flesh to out the characters. Yeah. And, and I suppose, Luke, you don't, you want something different. Well, no, I, I, I don't need everything presented to me on a plate in the first 30 seconds, I think. That's not... But you, know, you'd I'm want it by the, first, the end of the first hour. But I'd, I'd want to be intrigued. I mean, if this wasn't Hugo Blick and I didn't know it was Hugo Blick, would I be going back to it for more? Maybe not. Probably I would be. Not. Yeah, I, I would be. But there was also a lovely scene. Um, 
that, and this is sort of nice little touches that, that are much more cinematic than than I, I normally represent television. Maggie Gyllenhaal's character walked into a room, pressed play on an iPod, and a wonderful obscure Radiohead track played, and that then became the background music to a to a few scenes. Mm. But it was kicked off by her playing it like you would do in a house, you know, like you would just play a bit of music. That is just brilliant, like, brilliant filmmaking. You I know, believe they was... call that digestic sound, Gary. Well, there you go. Absolutely. Well done. And I think, I think that was perfect use. And I do think there was some good, clever dialogue. Uh, and I think, yeah, you will get to know people better. I mean, as you say, if it wasn't Hugo Blix, maybe... Hugh would... Blick, not Blix. Blix. You're isn't thinking it... of, um, isn't yeah. there ha- ha- Hans Blix or something? Was the guy, yeah, the guy who got caught, the guy who went to find the weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. <laughs> Always good to have him on the podcast. It was, yes. Uh, can I talk about Utopia for a bit? No. No. Moving on. Go on then. <laughs> um, uh, anyone else watch this yet? Luke? Who? I haven't. It annoys me. I haven't seen it. I just and Gary still hasn't watched Series um, 1 yet. I still got Series and, uh, 1! <laughs> um, uh, so, not well, I'm going to try not to spoil it for Gary, but who cares? No, don't worry. It's basically <laughs> impossible, I would And I think Luke it, knows yeah. a lot because he's edited the review I wrote for the website. Read it, it's good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's somebody completely... You know, unaffiliated with the review saying that. So if you're, you know, think, <laughs> you're think... <laughs> basically, uh, this was the uh, continuation of Dennis Kelly's. Um, I don't even know how to describe it, and that's one of the things I like about Utopia. But that's so that's the best one of the best things. About yeah, it, it's it? sort yeah. of a, I suppose, sci-fi fantasy, but at the same time, it's got sort of mundane bits in it, and and it's just really exciting to watch and. and characters you can connect yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. But... Yeah, because it has yeah. those sort of out, you know, bizarre characters, but it also has, like, um, Becky, the Alexander Roach character, and Ian, the Nathan Stewart Jarrett character, who were, like, normal people who've been sort of sucked into this world. Um, uh, basically, the um, first episode, interestingly, was a prequel, which sort of looked at some of the twists that had been set up at the end of series one and explain them in more detail and I I, I thought that was brilliant and I mean I went to see this uh, I saw it first at the uh, premiere at BAFTA and um, I think everybody was really shocked and it took them a couple of minutes to adjust to the fact that it was you know it was set in the 70s and there were some nice little uh, touches you know that the network who were the shady organisation were responsible for Basically, uh, Margaret Thatcher becoming Prime Minister and also for the Three Mile Island explosion, I think it was, in, in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and uh, the second episode then took us, uh, you know, is a continuation of Series 1 and Jessica Hyde, who's the sort of, one of the main characters, is currently being held hostage in a big yellow cage somewhere. And it's, they sort of did a Silence of the Lambs spoof and they did a bit of a Terminator reference as well. I just think it's brilliant. I mean, the performances are great. Neil Maskell, in particular, is the sort of childlike hitman turned sort of good guy in this second series. RB is definitely the and the two actually the two little boys who played the junior versions of him in the prequel were excellent. Um, but more than even listening to you describe it, it yeah. sounds utterly nuts. more than more than that. It's you know it's completely you know unique to look at as well the the use of color especially yellow is just brilliantly done um the music is is very 
uh, almost alienating the sounds they use are, are just bizarre. You know, they're not like your normal soundtrack at all. Um, and it's just incredible. It's almost like a comic. Yeah, book. and it's incredibly well, that, well. That's certainly where they got their, their their inspiration from, wasn't it? And it's incredibly well. The first series was about a comic book, and then it turned yeah. out it really wasn't. Um, but the, I mean, it's just uh, so well written, really clever, funny, violent, well acted, just a brilliant series. And and I think again, it might be my favourite of the year, like it was last year. Wow, that's. High praise. Big shoes to fill them shoes. Canada. I want to talk about Master oh, Chef Canada. God. <laughs> okay, I was what? This is on. This is on the watch channel. You're talking about things that I watched during the World Cup when it wasn't. Can on... I just say this again? I'll just say this Go again. On. What? <laughs> I'll explain. All it's right, on. I'm all right now. It's on. You're okay. Yeah, you've considered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were on. It's on I the watch channel in the UK, but actually, you can find all yeah. the episodes on YouTube if you so wish. It's it's all out there. I don't. I don't. I know. Um, and and the Master Chef Canada is is a mix between Master Chef and The Apprentice. They do a much different way of doing it. So the first episode is they bring a hundred of the top home cook chefs, as they say, and they they produce one dish in front of them. They all oh, the three judges taste it and they say yes or no. You have to get two yeses. Um, so that, that that's and, not and very similar to kind of. Camp. And then, and then you're off, and then they do kind of, they, they whittle them down via a series of changes to, uh, for, for your challenges. But the way in which they do the show is that there's the mystery box challenge, which is the same as the UK version. Oh. But the winner of the mystery box challenge gets an advantage in the elimination challenge. They get to choose the food and who and the various things. So there's much more of a an apprentice type way of doing it. And there's a much more of splitting them into teams and giving them a team captain. Um, and it was just different and, and very refreshing. Uh, and actually, the judges weren't larger than life. They were they were bold and they were you know rather silly, but they didn't interfere too much in the show. Um, and it just felt really different. And I I just recommend it if you like MasterChef, but you it's slightly different. I was very they want them all to sound slightly Canadian. Yes, it's what it's all about. In 42 countries across the globe. Gifted home cooks have competed for the best chefs on the planet. That's delicious. To earn the title of Master Chef. Now, the biggest culinary competition in the world has come to Canada. Thousands of home cooks came out. They're from all walks of life. I'm a scientist. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm a tattoo artist. I'm a new immigrant. And every corner of the country. Bonjour, chef. I've got quills two ways. I marinate in uh, maple syrup. A Nova Scotia hodgepodge with a butter poached lobster. The reason I'm doing Arctic char is, of course, to represent Manitoba. They all have a dream. My food dream is to have my own diner. To be the best chef I possibly can be. Canada's first Michelin star, right here. But first, they'll have to impress three of the biggest culinary stars on the planet. Claudio Aprile, hailed for his fearless creativity at home and abroad. I've cooked in the world's greatest kitchens and brought those global flavors to my growing restaurant dynasty. Alvin Lung, the demon chef. You can cook. Raised in Scarborough, he came to fame in Asia. There are only two self-taught Michelin star chefs in the world, and I'm one of them. Michael Bonaccini. Beautiful, exquisite. The godfather of world-class cuisine in Canada. I built a restaurant empire, one great dish at a time. And also on the bizarre programs, and I told this to Luke already, I watched something on the TLC channel called 90 Days to Wed, 
which was right. about the which was about these American men who uh, meet foreign foreign women online, and they only have ninety days to get married before their visas expire. I never expected to fall in love with someone who lives halfway around the world. It's hard to leave my family and move to other country. We haven't spent a lot of time together. Aya and I have spent physically two weeks together. 90 days is not enough time. Uh, uh, the football has ruined you both, basically. It's turned us into students, you know, we should be watching Cash in the Attic broken. or something. And don't forget about extreme couponing, Luke, one of your favourites. No, don't think, don't, don't knock about with that. What? <laughs> Have you never seen what extreme the... couponing, Gary? No, I haven't. Watch I'm, it. Oh, it's on TL. It's on the TLC channel. It is an amazing program. What's our goal? To build the stockpile. This isn't your grandma's couponing. I would like in my couponing to training for like an Olympic athlete. All right, look out, Mama's going. You're about to meet two women who live for the thrill of saving big. I feel like I just robbed that store because I hardly paid anything. Every coupon put out in the past two years, it's in my coupon binder. A rookie bargain hunter who's on the fast track to coupon mastery. Hey, do you have a coupon for that ball? <laughs> and the savings veteran whose stockpile is more than just meals. Having it gone would be like taking away a part of our family. No way! I've had two schools of thought. I've quite enjoyed um, catching up on stuff that I haven't seen and having some freedom to just pick whatever you want. But also, I'm getting kind of bored now of of not only the schedules being so empty, but the fact that when things do pick up in August or late August or early September, that there isn't a great deal that we know of that I'm no. excited about. ITV uh, have only got a few really. things, haven't they? That we've yeah. and then there's like yeah. new tricks. Uh, Kay Mel is in the club. Oh, oh. But there's all girl and there's the driver. There's suburban the missing, they keep, Oh, God. They keep plugging the missing as well with James Nesbitt on Twitter, which yeah. I've got high-ish hopes for. There's, so. there's Actually, the can I... I just mentioned one more thing that I just forgot about until now that I've been watching. That I've been watching. That I watched, and it was mentioned on the website and had recently been uh, repeated on BBC. uh, Murdered by my boyfriend. Oh, and me and Luke both watched this. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it, but I saw it. It did really well, and they it did so well that the BBC have uh, BBC One have decided to repeat it. and I just think, again, that this is an example of something that BBC Three do so well, and it's going to be horrible if it disappears off the schedules, like off when they go online. Something as it basically it was a drama about domestic abuse, but done really, really well. And just, I mean, I think it spoke to anyone who, you know, say, you know, saying how do these girls sort of, you know, fall into it in the first place? And it just, I think it explained it really well was never patronising and just, you know, felt very real. It's hard, it's, it's hard going, mm. I mean, it, mm. it really is hard, but it's important. Well, I think the title me, would I'm... suggest it's not a sort of, you know, feel-good ride. Yeah. Murdered by my boyfriend. The title's very <laughs> clear about it. Uh, it's not it's a romantic a... comedy romp. <laughs> no. Much like Channel 4's My Last Summer, which again was very hard going earlier on a couple of months ago. These are important mm. bits of television. Murdered by my boyfriend 
is an important thing for people to see. And so I also enjoy when BBC the... Three goes down. Won't be, you know, will yeah. we get as much of it? Exactly. And I also exactly. enjoyed the Glasgow Girls, which aired last night as well, which which I thought was a very sort of interesting look at um, immigration from a sort of younger person's perspective. This is coming from a guy who's loving Ninety Days to Wed, so you know, take that as you will. Now, this has all been. A load of rubbish, this conversation, because we still haven't done oh. postcards from the eels. Now, if you're not familiar with this, let me just catch you up. Previously on started... postcards from the eels. The eels, yeah. I found some old postcards that I received as a child. And um, me and a couple of friends, when we were at primary school, and I make that very clear, primary, uh, we were in a gang called the eels, and we used to send each other postcards in code. What was the gang called? The eels, and well that before, before you um, released Susan's house. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All uh, well, over games for the soul. <laughs> indeed. As a change to our normal podcast, can we have one of the coded um, eels? Yeah, I'll, I'll see if I can. I don't think I've got the postcard here. It's at my parents, but I'll try and get them for oh. next week and I'll read them out. Yeah. <laughs> what I wanted to do is just read it in code. Okay, and, and don't give the code out. And don't explain the oh. code. There's a cliffhanger for you, podcast yeah. fan. So this this was at the bottom of the first postcard with the first code that was written by by Tom to myself and Sam and and okay. and and, uh, and Elliot who was the other gang member at the time. Okay, here we are. It sounds like something out of the wire. It's true. Okay, ready? Ready? Okay. eight. Five, zero, <laughs> five, five, twelve, Wait. nineteen. Is it me or does it sound like the voice of the balls off the lottery? <laughs> and the bonus ball. Yeah, the bonus ball is. So there you are. That's that's the first uh, the first of uh, an occasional I series it was of words. Well, they they will turn into that. That's what I'm saying. The first one, oh. you know, they get more sophisticated over the weeks. So. <laughs> <laughs> that that was the fir- that was on the first postcard uh, that I recently came back into possession of. So how many of these are are there, and how many do you have in your? In my possession, there's about nine, uh, but I know there was uh, more. Uh-huh. I know there was about twenty odd, because uh, after a while we stopped doing them on the holiday and just did them at school as well, and then hand them over. eBay now. Uh, if you know of any of these, if you, <laughs> we'll put and actually, out. And, and actually, we'll just put this out. I have lost contact with the the, the gang leader. Uh, Tom Broughton. You know so Tom, That's if you're he listening, went to prison for <laughs> code breaking. Code breaking. <laughs> so Tom, if you're listening, no, he's probably like a lawyer in town or something. Uh, Tom, if you're listening, uh, get back in contact. Uh, you know how. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Luke Huston. <laughs> <did that> <laughs> smooth. Know. That was smooth, <laughs> Luke. Well done. Smoother than a baby's bottom. At Luke Huston. <laughs> at Luke Huston TV is my Twitter, Gary. At the Gary Show. At Matt's oh, TV right. Bites. Okay, if you would like to, you can give us one of them five-star reviews. Oh, um, and also and Facebook. Oh. Um, We're over likes. 100. And over 101, guys. Come on. Hey, oh. Do we know who we was number in, 100? But also, it's nice to know we have as many likes now equal to Dalmatians. So, mm. we just need one more to do the sequel. Matt Jones, who's a friend of mine, so there you go. Matt Jones, there Aww. you are. You win. No- Why are you only friends with people called Matt? That's really cool. I'm friends you with you let, two. Could you let Matt Jones knows that he wins nothing, but well yeah. done. Has the cat gone? Yeah, the cat's gone. I'm back outside. 
Oh, good, 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 good. Let's have a summary song for the end of today's podcast. By the way, we will be back uh, with a more rigid format. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> Sex box all over again, isn't it? Who won't miss this? Check out your rigid format. <laughs> Oh, we'll be back with the, that, we'll be back with gonna... the podcast that is more like the other ones. No, that, that's going to be the name of my follow-up album, Rigid Format. <laughs> Gary Redmore and the Rigid Format. That's... Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. Gary? Oh, shall I, shall I just sing the song you. before Luke Corpses again? Yes. So, oh in honour of, yeah. of, uh, of Herr German's win of the World Cup, uh, congratulations. Uh, I thought I'd do something summary and something with a German flavour. So, um, I don't know how the song starts. So I'm going to go straight to the uh, chorus. I hope that's okay with, with fans of uh, fans of my work. Ready. Ninety nine red balloons floating in the summer sky. Panic bells, it's red alert. There's something here from somewhere else. The war machine springs into life. Opens up one's eager eye. This is rubbish wording. Focusing on the sky. When 99 red balloons go by. (laughs) Download this podcast from thecustardtv.com. The U.S. Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Earn great pay with outstanding federal benefits and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers usbp.